0: God's encouraging us and challenging us. It's to do with the gospel. It's so we feel loved and accepted and equipped. So we go with the gospel. The living of God's going into the sea of mankind. This is to do with the gospel. It's a different anointing. This is to do with the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why God is doing these things. This is something new. It's a different anointing. It's a different field to the Holy Spirit. This is to do with the gospel. God wants us to grasp this. He wants us to grasp this. to do with the gospel. There's something new happening in the heavenlies. There's something new happening in the angelic realm. There's something happening. God's about to do something in ways he hasn't done it before. There's something happening. There's something different taking place. Even this morning, there's an angelic presence in this place. On Wednesday morning, I was praying before God. And those who've been around here, you know that we've got at least four angels that have been here for about four to five years. God said, Son, I want you to ask them this morning why they're here. So I came in here and I went to the first one. I said, Angel of God, Father's told me to say in the name of Jesus, Why are you here? The first angel said this, I'm here to help and protect you in the church. I went up to the second angel near the baptistry I said, angel of God, why are you here in the name of Jesus? I'm here to bring powerful salvation in Jesus' name. I went up to the third angel and said, angel of God, why are you here in Jesus' name? I'm here to bring powerful healing. Then I went across to the Chinese angel. A lot of you know you're getting here. Then he started to speak in a Chinese tongue. I can't explain that. It's some kind of spiritual portal to China. I said, angel of God, why are you here? I'm here to bring power for miracles and signs and wonders, just like you see in the Chinese church. That was Wednesday morning. God's doing something new. I then went upstairs to pray, and I just broke out in tongues. I tried to explain to Clifford what had happened. I couldn't speak in English. You say, I can't speak in English anyway, but this was different. This was different. And Clifford and I were up there. just going backwards and forwards, speaking in tongues. Then when others arrived at the prayer, he asked we need to go downstairs. I want you to come to the angels with me because it's as if God's released something fresh. And so we went around them, all four of them. Now, Clifford's not here this morning, he's at home, and uh, is Janny here? Now that Jan's here, is Janny here? I think Jan's away. Jan, come up, Rich was here. Jan and Rich, come up, just so you know it's not just me. See, some of you might think Brian's gone too far this time talking about angels. Well, there's a lot of angels in the Bible. You know they're mentioned over 300 times. Angels are biblical. We treat them with respect. And we're here to advance the kingdom of God together. Okay? So is this still on? One, two, three. Good. So we'll just ask Jan to share what she experienced. Well, as Brian
1: asked us, so invited us down into the sanctuary, um, we encountered the first angel, the angel that protects. And... Although I had seen in my mind's eye angels here before, I'd never seen them in the material, in the natural sense. But as I opened my eyes and I looked, I could see the angel in the corner standing so tall and so slender and bowing his head and raising his wings in protection. And then we walked over to the um, baptism sanctuary, and I could feel waves and waves of glory emanating from the angel that was ushering in salvation in the name of Jesus, by which time I was really overawed. And then I got I got here and I could I could feel and see, actually see with my natural eyes, I could see the angel healing And as I asked, Lord, healing yes of course healing thank you that's your promise and he said yes not just ordinary physical healing but healing of in deep inside hurts deep deep and um, generational hurts and breakages Glory. And, Glory. and then we came over to mm. the to the last angel there and, and I could see the angel Waving and lifting his wings, and and I said to the Lord, oh, what 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 happens? Why does that happen? And I felt Him say that as uh, as the worship starts, He raises His wings and ushers in the wave of the Holy Spirit that just comes and comes. And uh, lastly, I, had, I which Brian doesn't know because I hadn't shared with him that. For days I've been asking the Lord to open my natural eyes that I could see actual angelic beings that I could see his kingdom on this earth and he granted my heart's desire and because he always wants to grant our heart's desire but it started years ago with seeing things in my mind's eye things in my heart things behind my eyes so just to encourage you just ask cuz he will he will enable you to do it <laughs> wow. Wow.
2: We are actually in a season of transition, have been for a while, um, so we can expect very much a sense of moving to that next level, that new season, that new things are happening. We, we are absolutely certainly in that season. We really are. And on Wednesday, it we, we, we was over there, and by the baptistry, and really the sense the angel there of salvation, yeah. and, and there was an incredible presence of the words sort of increase, 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 mm-hmm. increase. Mm-hmm. And it, it came like this wave after wave. There's it, an increase moving in this season, of transition, so we can expect to raise the game
0: mm.
2: in terms of salvation and the spreading mm. of the gospel.
0: Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, when I say to God, God, why, why this now? What is it? What's this all about? He said, it's, it's to do with the gospel. It's to do with the gospel. It's all, they're here to help us get the gospel out. They're here to lift up Jesus. Now, we don't worship angels. And I've often said to God, God, why do you need angels? Why doesn't the Holy Spirit just do it all by himself? You ever answer that question? You ever ask that question? Well, God decided to use angels. If you've got a problem with that, speak to God about it. Okay? Now, we don't worship angels. We don't focus upon angels. But we need to acknowledge their existence. And the angels of God, you need to know you're welcome in this place. They're welcome in this place. I remember a few years ago when this place was filled with them. One Sunday night. We couldn't move because of their presence. Well, they're here to help us get the gospel out there. Okay? It's to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to keep working at this, and this morning, I want to talk about two E-words. One of them you'll like, the other one you won't like. I'll give you the bad news first, or the one you don't like first, okay? The first word we don't like, the E-word, is evangelism. Oh, you know, when we mention the word evangelism, we, we get go on a guilt trip, don't we? Oh, you know, I know I should, but I haven't, and oh, I wish I had and I didn't, and And all this kind of stuff, you know. Or we try to get hold of a a book in evangelism. We master the 27 points of salvation. Or, you know, we want a program. You know, we all screwed up about evangelism. Has anyone here ever been screwed up about evangelism before? You know, well, the whole church needs healing. The whole church needs a sozo. (laughs) We'll send them for a sozo to get rid of this stuff about the E word evangelism. It just makes us freeze. So we need a sozo. We need God to heal our memories about this E word called evangelism, okay? So really I want us to forget about the E-word called evangelism. I want us to think about another E-word and it's this. Exciting Christianity. Yeah! Yeah. Exciting Christianity. And if that E-word's not good enough, let's add another one. Exciting and enjoyable Christianity. Or let's have another one. How about exciting, enjoyable and fulfilling Christianity? See, that's the real deal. See, the gospel is the real deal. And if we want to have an exciting, enjoyable, fulfilled Christian life, we need to be witnesses. We might not all be called to be evangelists, but we are all called to be witnesses. That means the very life that we live and the things that we do. Yeah, I want to be fulfilled. I want to live an exciting life, an enjoyable life. I don't want to be bored. I would just sit down there and backslide. I don't do boredom. Does anyone do boredom? Actually, most Christians are bored. It's your own fault, I've got to tell you. If you're bored, it's your own fault. You're either not hearing God or you're being disobedient. If you're bored, it's your fault, not mine. There shouldn't be any bored Christians around. Hallelujah. Anyway, this whole thing, it's, it's very interesting, This, you see, because this year we've got the transition of Paul and myself and all the rest of it. And in January this year, God reminded Alice and myself, about a prophetic word that we had in 1984, and that's 31 years ago. Some of you aren't even 31 years old. And looking at me, you're thinking, Brian, I can't believe that you're more than 31. (laughs) Well, maybe 30 and a bit. But you see, prophetic words, we need to hold on to some of these we've had years ago as well. And over the years you say, God, what is this? When does it happen and all the rest of it? Well, I believe in January, God said, now it's time to get it off the shelf. And the word was this, because this affects the church. And it was when we were done at done King's Church, Aldershot, as some know, and there was Derek Brown, Mike Pusey, and all these kind of guys was the beginning of the charismatic movement in this country. And I'd done a year's course down there, and we were at a graduation ceremony. And this word came for Alice and myself, and he said this, that... I'm just trying to think I was starting... You're two wild horses. That's nice, isn't it? You're like two wild horses. I thought, what an insult. You're like two wild horses that God is going to bridle and send you out again with the Holy Spirit on your backs. In the next move of God, you're going to look like evangelists, but you're not your pastors to the world. See, we've been bridled. It took God 31 years. (laughs) How long it taking God to bridle you laughing at me? (laughs) hey! The thing is, are you willing to be bridled? See, we've got to learn to be bridled by the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is going to use us in any kind of dynamic way, we've got to be bridled. Otherwise, we'd blow it and we'd do people harm, not good. So the challenge is, are you prepared to ask God to bridle you? See, this whole thing about evangelism, like Steve said last week, it's, it's not a program. People want to organize a program for them. Well, we're not doing it, so there. We're not doing it. It's to do with a lifestyle. See, in the New Testament, they don't have an evangelism program. They just loved Jesus, and they couldn't stop telling people about the one they loved. The same thing happens in revival. People just love Jesus and they can't stop talking about the one that they love. And we need to get to that place where we can't stop talking about the one that we love. Simple, really. Well, that scripture that Isaiah 61 that Alison's had the last two or three years, I want to put it up on here. I've paraphrased it slightly. I put my name in there and I want you to put your name in there. Is it working? That was the shoes. That, you wanna, that was the shoes. Did you see the shoes? Now you are. Your shoes out there. Don't forget, you came at the front and put your shoes there. And you swapped them for gospel feet. You did that willingly. Okay, John, Isaiah, please. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Brian Nish. It's my confession. Can you stand, please? Okay, your name's not Brianish. You put your name in there. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, whatever your name is, okay? Can we say that together? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let's do that again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Good. Because he's anointed me. The question is Why? isn't it? Why? Okay, you can sit down. See, for years when been praying, God, we want more power in our lives. We want more power in the church. I would say, why? Why? Why do you want more power? Why do you want more power in the church? To have better meetings? Why? Acts eight says this, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. The power is to be a witness to Jesus Christ. That's why we want the power. Yes. To be a witness. Not to have better Sunday mornings, but I kind of side-shoot off As we will have better Sunday mornings. But it's because the gospel is going out. The Spirit of the is upon me because He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and I've, I've paraphrased it, and we will rebuild the ancient ruins of Northampton and restore the places long devastated, and we will revive Northampton, though it's been deserted for many generations. We will rebuild the ancient ruins of Northampton. Brothers and sisters, that is both our privilege and our responsibility to rebuild the ancient ruins of Northampton, because this is the town in which we live. That's our responsibility before God. And when we come before God in that final day, one of the questions we're going to be asked is this What did you do about saving Northampton? Okay, so why have we been anointed? To preach the gospel to the poor. So let me just say this. To preach, to preach is to, basically to preach is to proclaim something, to teach us to explain something, basically. But we can preach, we can share, we can tell. Okay? The gospel. You remember that well-known saying, St. Saint Francis of Assisi? Preach the gospel and if necessary use words. Well, I'm going to say, I don't really agree with that. Now you're disappointed. You see, we can use that as an excuse. I'm going to live the life. Yes, we should live the life. But at some point, we've got to use words. See, Mark 4, the parable of the sower, makes it very obvious and and shows us how important it is for us to preach the word of God because the word of God is the seed that goes into the person's heart. 1 Peter 2 talks about the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. If we never speak out the Word of God, that seed is not going to be dropped into a person's life, and if there's no seed, there's no harvest. So we must speak words. Let's not make the excuse, I'm living a life. Well, praise God you're living a life. That's good, we should be living a life. But we've also got to speak out words. That's why the early church prayed for a holy boldness. We need that holy boldness to speak out words or no one's going to get saved. Praise God. So the gospel, simple, means good news and it is good news. This world needs good news, does it not? I could do with some good news myself. I mean, you could listen to the news on the television and come away depressed. I mean, I think I said to you a few weeks ago on Radio 4, there was a discussion in the media and a recognition that people in the Western world are absolutely saturated and fed up with negative news and they're looking at what they can do about it. But you see, as the church of Jesus Christ, we've got so much good news to bring people, haven't we? Well, I think we have. If you've got no news to bring someone, you need a sozo. We've got some good news, folks. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be mentioning Jesus or the Bible all the time. There's ways of communicating good news without doing that. You could just, something like, isn't that a wonderful day? That's good news. You know. Good news can be brought in a variety of different ways. It just has to be good news so that we balance out the negativity that's in the atmosphere. We need to start Putting some good stuff into the atmosphere. That changes the atmosphere We are atmosphere changes. Amen. I change the atmosphere wherever I go. I refuse to be in a negative atmosphere. If I sense the atmosphere is negative, I'm either going to exercise authority and I'm going to speak out the love of God, the power of God, the goodness of God, or something positive into the atmosphere so it changes wherever I am. Because I'm an atmosphere changer because I'm a son of God. How about you? Why should we put up with bad atmospheres? We don't put up with that kind of stuff. God himself lives within us. He's a good atmosphere of God, isn't he? <laughs> so we've got good news about Jesus. And we can connect the relevant part of our testimony to where people are. Don't try and give them your whole testimony like I used to do. Man, they switched off before they got to verse 2. We don't need that. Just connect the relevant part of your testimony to where they are. Sometimes I say to people, I became a Christian lying in my bed. That gets them curious. (laughs) It did. So, preach the gospel to the poor. Preach, share it, tell it, the gospel to the poor. Let me just be clear about this. To be poor means to be deficient or lacking in something. It means to be deficient or lacking in something. I've just jotted down something. It might be money, health, relationships, peace, satisfaction, identity, purpose, self-worth. There's lots of things that people can be lacking in. But the greatest poverty of all is not to have a relationship with God. That's the greatest poverty a person has is not to have a relationship with God. So when it says preach the gospel to the poor, it's not just the financial poor. Some financially poor people are better off than some some financially rich people. The greatest poverty a person can have is not to have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that's our job to give them one, isn't it? We're the connection point. We're connection points between heaven and earth. Isn't that good? Some good news can come from heaven to me, the connection point I pass it out upon planet earth. Isn't that good? Or I can get that person there through me connected to heaven. I'm a connection point. You're a connection point. So, why are we anointed? To preach the gospel to the poor. Also, to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus is the healer and restorer of our souls. Psalm 23 says that. You know, the world is filled with hurting people. Some manage to hide it better than others. But underneath they can still be hurting. Hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. They hurt one another. They hurt those around them. Very often they wear masks. They have blocked emotions, all sorts of things. It can lead to demonic oppression. Hurting people, struggle in life. You see, sometimes hurting on the inside, is harder to bear than a person having a broken leg. Everyone can see that broken leg. And the doctors can do something about it to fix it. But not everyone sees what's in a person's heart because they're wearing a mask on the outside, yet they can be broken in the heart. And they need Dr. Jesus to heal and restore their soul. And we are the ones who must bring Jesus to them. Be that through an act of love, a word, praying for whatever it is, it's bringing Jesus to that hurting soul. Because this world is filled with hurting people. There's enough hurting people in the church. We all get hurt as we go through life, don't we? Well, they hurting even worse, the people that don't yet know Jesus. At least in the church we can say, Lord Jesus, please heal this heart and restore my soul. They don't know to do that. And they can take pills or go to alcohol and all sorts of escapist routes to try and escape their hearts. So we need to be those that heal the brokenhearted. And the good news that we've got is Jesus Christ came to heal the hearts and to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty and freedom to the captives and prisoners. This is to the spiritual, emotional, and physical captives and prisoners. Not just the spiritual. Jesus on the cross died for the whole person. Jesus died to make us whole in spirit, soul, and in body. You know, the voice version says this, And declare to those who are held captive and bound in prison, Be free from your imprisonment. Be free from your imprisonment. I say to you today, church, be free from your imprisonment. Be free from your imprisonment. The doors are locked, walk out. Your doors are locked, walk out. Jesus has set you free. Jesus has set you free. Now it's your time to go and set others free because you've been set free. Be free from your imprisonment and come out in the name of Jesus. In case you didn't notice, that was prophetic. You're free. Stop thinking about yourself. You're free. Get out and set others free because you're free. We can be held captive and bound by some of the following different addictions. Not just drugs and alcohol. It might be television, computer, hobby, food. We can be addicted to lots of things, can't we? Might be addictions. It might be lies that we're still believing. See, it's not the bad experience that we're held in captivity to. It's the lies that we believe about that experience. For instance, a child gets abused by a man. That child at that point can start to believe, I can never trust a man again in my life. And they're held in captivity to that lie they have believed. They can be healed of the heart But if they believe the lie, that lie will be with them throughout their life, and as an adult, they will never trust men again. They're held in captivity to the lie they believed at the time of that bad experience. But it's the truth that sets people free. The sun sets people free. Hallelujah. So we are here to set people free. Bad habits. No one here got any bad habits. Would anyone like to share the bad habits with us today? No. <laughs> We've all got bad habits, haven't we? Every one of us have got bad habits. Might be picking your nose on a Monday, I don't know. Whatever. My mother used to say that to me when I was a child. Don't pick your nose in, me in public, son. It's a bad habit. So obviously I thought I could do it in private. But you know, we can have bad habits. Now I don't know what your bad habits are, but we've all got bad habits. Some men just take their socks off and throw them in the corner of the room. It's a bad habit. Guys, it's a bad habit. Give them to your wife exactly. I'll throw them in the corner of the room. Much better. We've all got bad habits. Worries and fears, Jesus says, don't worry about today or tomorrow. You know, like today is sufficient for us. Worries and fears, worries and fears can cripple us. It's like hearts. It's not something people can see, but they can hold us into captivity and bondage in life, so we're not free to live the life that Jesus wants us to live. He came to give us abundant life, not to be screwed up with worries and fears. Worry can be a killer. In fact, research in the Western world says this, that worry is one of the major problems in the Western world. Worries and in fears. But praise God, as Christians, we are free in Christ, are we not? Bah, stand up, you need to get some, stand up a minute. <laughs> say I'm free and say it with some gusto. I'm, I'm free. free! Say that again, I'm free. I'm free! That's better. You can sit down now. I thought I was the only free person in here. I was going to have to pray for all of you there for a minute. Cheering me. Sickness. Sickness is not a blessing. We need to treat sickness as an enemy. Because sickness prevents us living a full and abundant life. We should always treat it as an enemy, not as a friend. Even if we enjoy in the sympathy. No, some people enjoy it. Some people enjoy the sympathy and the attention and they don't want to walk away from that thing and leave it behind them because it's given them a bit of a sense of identity because some people find their identity in the sickness. See, we are sons and daughters of God that get attacked by symptoms of sickness, but our identity is in our sonship and daughtership, not in the sickness. Someone can suffer from depression, but we don't say, I'm a depressive it's a different thing. Sons and daughters. Sickness. Rejection and low self-esteem. We go through life. It's hard not to get rejected even in the church. It's serious. It's hard not to get rejected as you go through life. Because you can't live your life pleasing people all the time. You know, Winston Churchill said the. If you've never upset anyone, or you don't have any enemies in your life, you've never stood up for anything that counted for anything. (laughs) If you stand up for something that's worthwhile and counts for something, at some point you're going to suffer rejection and people won't like you. I want people to like me, i want (laughs) pastor. I want to be liked. Don't you want to be liked? When I first got saved, I thought to be nice to everybody. It was terrible. Wherever I went, I thought to be nice. That was hard. And then God got through. No, you don't have to be nice, son. Be godly. Oh, that's different. See, sometimes being godly means I can be unnice. There's a new word for your dictionary. I can be unnice. See, being godly isn't always being nice. Being godly means sometimes I'll say things to upset you. In a righteous, loving way, of course, that you know. Rejection and low self esteem. I remember with the remembrance, of course, a few years ago. And I was talking about those who are married, husbands, esteem your wives. Husbands should esteem their wives. And this voice comes from the back and said, Brian, why do you want to esteem your wife? Why do you. Well, I should have said to make sure she's well done, but I didn't. But I mean. <laughs> why do you want to esteem your wife? Or I could have said to get the sin out, but I didn't. Because I've got a holy wife. And she's sitting there listening to me, so I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Past experiences. So many people are in bondage to their past experience, aren't they? We've got to leave the past behind us and move into the glorious future. So just a few things. I'm looking at the time here to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The message verse says this, God sent me to announce the year of His grace this year. This is the year of God's grace. The Common English Bible says this, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor this year. The easy to read version says this, you'll like this one. He has sent me to announce that the time has come for the Lord to show his kindness this year. That's for you this year. This year. Okay, this year. That's prophetic, this year. I'm not talking about this year. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says this in the Amplified, Behold, now is truly the time for a gracious welcome and acceptance of you from God. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Don't know Jesus this morning? Get saved today. That same verse in the Living Bible, Right now, God is ready to welcome you. Today, He's ready to save you. Now and today. This year, okay? We must believe and let people know that God loves them and He wants to show His loving kindness towards them today and this year and not put it off to some time in the future. It's today and this year, okay? God wants to bless you today with His loving kindness. He wants to do, his, do you good and show His favor towards you this year. 2015, Anna Domini. That was Gaelic, by the way. And we must also believe that God has prepared some of the hearts of some people to get saved. Okay, we must believe that. But we'll go on sowing the seed. And I've got lots of things I could say here about being witnesses, practical things, about, just, I'm just going to say this one thing, then Dinky's going to give a bit of testimony. We ask God for opportunities in all this, and all that we do is going to be motivated by the love of God. But we must be, we must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Jesus got people curious. He was brilliant at John 4, at the well. He said something that made that person, that woman, ask a question, didn't he? He was good. He was good at that. And sometimes we need to get kind a of sense the timing in God. But I'd like Dinky to come up and just share something that she shared with us last week. And, uh, it's a good testimony about God's timing. Don't forget to smile at Dinky.
3: true. (laughs) Is this on? Can you hear me? No? Hello? Hello? (laughs) Don't have a very loud voice either. Hello? Oh, there we go. Brilliant. Um, Yeah, I was sharing this with Brian and Alison on Sunday. Um, When I started working at the school that I work at now, I've always felt that my workplace was my mission field, you know, and I was... Raring to go in there and witness to everybody and see people saved and chomping at the bit. and Sometimes we can do more harm than good, you know, if, we, if we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so I've been there quite a long time already. And over the years, there have been lots of times that uh, the conversation in the staff room has gone in a spiritual direction. And I've thought, oh, shall I say something now? And never felt the peace to do that. And kind of, you know, the Holy Spirit just saying, no, no, it's not the right time. And everybody's known I'm a Christian, and but I've never really, you know, jumped in there and started saying something. And there was one particular man who God's really given me a, 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 a real burden for him over the years. And there have been many times that he said things that I wanted to say. No, actually, that's not right. Let me tell you what the Bible says. But never felt the peace to say that. And then about two weeks ago, we were in the staff and we started talking about something completely different. And I don't know how it happened, even looking back on it now, but I just saw, saw the gap and I thought, yeah, I'm going to go for it and felt total peace about doing that and started sharing my dad's, my dad's testimony with him, who was a homeless man and, you know, had a really, he's got a very powerful testimony about a supernatural experience that he had with God. And there was that moment where I thought, should I say something or should I not say something? I thought, oh, I'm going to just do it and throw caution to the wind and jumped in there and started sharing the ministry with him, the testimony with him. And he just hung on to my every word, whereas over the last few years, there have been many times that he's openly mocked me about my Christianity and kind of baited me you know he would throw out comments to to entice me to get cross with them or to start having a debate with them mm. and i've never risen to to that because i've not felt the peace but he just hung off every word and really asked me questions thank and, you, and you know he was so open and so receptive to it and and said just. oh that's the best conversation i've ever had in this time <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank you god Ella. brilliant thank you so the encouragement is this I'm going to finish because it's time up you could say this in summary this actually came from my grandson he sent me a book well one of the things was a book from a birthday and inside was some quotes he said this might help you with your sermons granddad I just opened the book and this came out it said life really begins at the end of a comfort zone life really begins at the end of your comfort zone good one isn't it Being a good witness is living a godly and attractive life and having a close walk with the Holy Spirit. You can say that. You can say that this is an exciting journey of discovery, to discover what God is doing in people's lives and to cooperate with Him. You can say that. That this is an opportunity to experiment, to try different things, and see what happens when we express God's love through an act of kindness of praying for the sick. You can say that. Or you can say this, the thing I said at the beginning that this is an opportunity to discover how exciting, enjoyable, and fulfilling Christianity really is. Can we stand together? Father, I ask you to send Kingdom Life Church for a sozo. Lord, heal the memories of the, the stuff we believe about evangelism, Lord, all the lies, the, the, the wrong mindsets, we break them off in the name of Jesus. Father, loose fresh grace into the church to do something new in this whole area, then maybe we forget that E-word and we replace it with the other E-word, exciting Christianity. Lord, thank you for the testimony, the testimony of others. Father, may we see this as an exciting journey of discovery to make Jesus known. And Lord, as we do that week by week, I believe there's going to be an increase of the angelic presence and we're going to see an increase of the power to demonstrate the gospel. Father, we want to see a demonstration of healing signs and wonders that make Jesus Christ known in this town and in our nation. So please do that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. And I left some of it out to be good to you, okay? I didn't give you the full sermon. That was just a little bit.